0: Hey, 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 this is another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Matty Matt, along with Todd Fox and and Big Renee, And we're here once again with another episode on this Wednesday, March 19th. This is a crazy day. Corona Wednesday. (laughs) Corona Wednesday. I'm sorry, it's the 18th. I got my days mixed up. (laughs) But anyways, it doesn't matter because we talk about true crimes. And on this episode... We got a good one. But before we get into that, let's let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on our Spotify account. Just look us up under the Grinding True Crime uh, page. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or you can find us on Podbean. Just look us up under Grinding True Crime. And we'll also put our stuff on our website, uh, www.thegrindpodcast.com. Yes, sir. Now, if you guys don't know about this podcast, tell you briefly, we talk about true crimes. Our narrator here, Todd Fox, is the mastermind of it all. He tells us the stories of crimes that's happened in the past. Sometimes that's happened in this decade. But no matter when the crime take place, our guy will break it down. And he breaks it down very well. And today's episode, he said to me earlier today that this one is going to be deep. And I said, how deep? He said, really deep, deep, deep. That's what she said. That's what she said. (laughs) So I'm interested to find out. Renee, you're interested? Yes, I am. I think everybody else is interested. So, Todd, take it away.
1: All right. So this case, I just want to put a disclaimer out there real quick. This has uh, crimes against kids. So we're going to put the disclaimer out there. If you can't handle stuff like that, you might want to change this one. Uh Um, Plus, this has lots of twists and turns, dude. Very, very much so. So paying attention to this. They're going to get me mad. Yes. Ah. Yes, this one, <laughs> this is guaranteed to make you Damn guys. It, I'm ready because this is Ren, this <laughs> is Renee's t- first time listening to this, and so was Maddie. And yeah, obviously, this is a case going back uh, that I heard about a lot in the '80s. Um, oh, this is the '80s. This is, this primarily takes place. Well, it, pr- it takes place from the '70s to the '90s, basically. So, but but this is something that I heard about growing up in the '80s. Got it. So, yeah. Because it was a lot of that whole stranger danger type stuff, you know what I mean? Got you, got you, yeah. <laughs> so this is, this has to do with, the, this case will be called the Stainers. The Stainers? Yeah, Stain. the, like the Steiners. Like, sounds yeah, like it's, a band. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, not a, it's not a tag team or a <laughs> band. Um, this is uh, the Stainers, uh, S-T-A-Y-N-E-R. You
0: already Damn. got an interesting name with the Stainers. That yeah, already yeah. tells me a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a L- lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, there is.
1: <laughs> okay, then, particularly we're going to uh, focus in on Stephen Gregory Stainer, who was born on April 18, 1965 in Merced, California, which is in Northern California. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know exactly where that's at. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, to the parents of Delbert Stainer, father, and the mother Kay Stainer. He also had a brother, Carrie Stainer, C A R Y, mm-hmm. and two sisters, Cynthia and Corey. So, a total of four kids? Four kids, yeah.
0: Both <laughs> parents, okay.
1: The All family right. would do a lot of things together. They were like a really devout Christian family. Uh, they they would go, uh, they had a tradition of going to Yosemite Park about a couple times a year. So, they're about middle class? Uh, yeah, you would say that. Okay. All right. It's Merced's a nice area, it's a small town type feel. Okay. So they moved, and they went up to Yosemite Park a lot, did a lot of camping, did a lot of things with the kids. All so right. the kids were in touch with nature and things like that. And But they were very strict on their kids. <clears throat> so anytime. Anti-nage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at this time, too, back then, this is in the, um, you know, Stephen, this is about 1972. And he got in trouble a couple days before for walking to school or walking home from school by himself. Mm. So he did not go home with his friend like he usually would. So his dad whooped him or whatever like that. He got whooped for that? Yeah. Dang. For not being responsible because, keep in mind, in, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, primarily 70s and 80s, there was so much kidnapping and so many uh, serial killers. That's on the loose. true. That's true. Okay. And remember, this. this is a time period in that where they started the whole milk carton <laughs> deal too, where kids oh. were... I mean, l- literally, medicine. if you saw a kid on a milk carton, you're like, "Well, that kid's dead." Yep. You know, what I mean, for most, mo- about I'd say about ninety percent of those kids that went on the milk cartons never came home, or they were or a small percentage of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or they, and if they did, they came home because they ran away. You know, and they, they got wanted, away. Yeah, yeah. And they came back later on, but um, okay. So you got a butt whooping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He was a very active little kid at the time. He he went out. And he would do things that kids would do at, the, at that normal age: play mm-hmm. with GI Joe action figures. Oh yeah. Stay out till the lights went out at night. Oh yeah. So. <clears throat> So when, yeah, G.I. Joe <laughs> But another thing to pick up on this story is Whenever I announce a date, that means something happened So Yeah, I know right. I noticed so, that about you, man no, So what's really today's?
0: What, what date are you going to announce right now?
1: We're going to talk about one date in particular It's December 4th, 1972 Okay While walking home, he once again breaks the rules He's walking home by himself A gentleman pulled up next to Steven in his car one guy got out of the car asking uh, just he asked him a, a, a question, you know, to the kids saying, you know, um, do you believe in God? And Stephen said, yes. And the, the man said, well, here's a pamphlet I'd like to give you. Sounds familiar. So, yeah. Sounds very familiar. So so, so so here's a here's a pamphlet I'd like to give you and, you know, your family. And then, and then uh, he goes, well, you know, I live just down the street. You know, he goes, is your family home? He says, yeah, they're home. He goes okay, and then and then the driver <clears throat> gets out of a balding man in about in his thirties uh, or forties, comes over and he says, "Well, I'm Reverend, um, I'm Reverend. Uh, what's his last name? Parnell." And he goes, uh, "He goes, I would like to meet your family." He goes, "If you get in the car, we could just ride down there. and We could talk to him." Oh,
0: bad mistake. So that's his first mistake.
1: <clears throat> Dang. He then gets into the car, with and now the guy who who uh, who picked him up uh, was uh, what was his name er- Irwin. Erwin Edward Murphy So he says okay yeah come into the car They get in the car they drive down the street Now he knows what his house Looks like you know that he knows So he doesn't really know you know he knows everything By sight yeah, not, yeah. By, not by well, what the street name is yeah, yeah yeah or the address mm-hmm. But he does notice that he passed his house And they keep driving And so he Carrie starts to or not Carrie I'm sorry Steven starts to say hey What's what's going on how come you guys pass my House and, and he's asking him, I should be going home. My, my mom's going to want me home. Oh, you know, we'll get there. We're just we're just going. And they start making excuses, you know, and they start driving. So basically, uh, they get in the car. And here's the thing with Ed, with uh, Irwin and this Parnell figure. Parnell and him used to do work together. Mm-hmm. And they needed, and, and, and uh, Irwin needed money. So Parnell asked him straight up. He goes like, I want to adopt a kid. I want, and you can help me by helping me kidnap a kid. Wow! I don't, I don't know what's that, in in wow. his in his mindset. But Irwin's like, okay. <laughs> like, now Parnell's the Reverend, right? Yeah, Parnell's the Reverend guy. And actually, Murphy's just his Mur- buddy. Murphy's a guy that's just around hanging out with him. Wow! Does work, yeah. And Irwin's like, okay. <laughs> so either you got a really good friend or just one stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what I'm talking about. Pretty
1: much, pretty much. So. He says, you know what, <clears throat> I ha- we have some time. I don't have to take you home right now. I've got the, you know, what's your favorite toy? I've got toys galore, blah, blah, blah. blah tells him, right? So Stephen's in his mind still thinking, but he's seven years old. Yeah. Okay. So he goes along with it. And because what, other- I mean, a seven-year-old. Yeah, not- be- You're thinking, okay, he's still going to re- return me home. He's, you know, he's grown up in a-, in a church. So he knows reverends are supposed to be good guys. Yeah. Yeah. So he trusts him. So they go to the reverend's house. The reverend—well, uh, he's not really a reverend; he's just playing one. Yeah. So he lets him play with his toys and everything else like that. And then, as you know, Irwin sits down to crack open a beer, watch some TV. He he watches Parnell, the reverend guy, take the little boy into the room by himself, and he starts hearing things, and he knows what's going on. Erwin is getting frustrated. He comes out and uh, he goes, You know what? I can't I didn't sign up for this. If you wanted a kid, you got a kid, but why are you gonna do that? And still in Erwin's mind, I'm like I'm thinking, Why you know, you, you kid you helped kidnap this yeah. kid. Like what are you thinking he's gonna do with a yeah. kid? He's not gonna keep him and say, You're my son, you're my son. However, Parnell says, you know what, you're just as m- messed up in this as me. And and he goes, Well I know what you're doing with that kid and he says parnell says well if you go to the cops i'm gonna out you as the one that actually kidnapped the kid so Irwin just for whatever reason shut down actions became less and less as time went on but that very night wow that very night poor steven stainer was molested for the first time wow yeah wow that so <laughs> so yeah so <laughs> later that evening as he's spending his first night in captivity at Parnell's house. Uh, the parents are realizing it's 7, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. My boy's not home. The parents are freaking out. The family's freaking out. They call the grandfather. At first, they accuse the grandfather of taking the kid. Mm-hmm. And the grandfather, which is this is one of the, just the first small part of this story being messed up other than the kid being kidnapped and molested grandfather lives, get this, three houses down from where Parnell lives. Wow. Yeah.
2: They're that close.
1: They're that That's close. Ironic, and man. And they have no idea what's going on. So the boy is still alive at this time. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I just to so, make sure. Yeah, yeah. So they're checking us out. The cops, they call the cops. The cops don't want to, of course, do what they usually do and say, you got to wait 24 hours, blah, blah. He's seven years old. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you got to break the rules on some case. If he's 13 to 17, I get it. They're teenagers. They have their own free will. They, they they know kind of how it is on the outside a little bit. They can hold their own. Yeah. But when you're under 10 years old, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that one. <clears> one <throat> hundred. So the cops finally start getting involved later at night, early in the morning, kind of. They're looking for him. They're even printing up posters. The cops automatically go after the parents. They start saying, well, you know what? You hit, you admitted to hitting your kid. You probably pissed him off. What if you hurt him and you just don't want to tell us? What if you're hiding something? So they put these poor parents through a polygraph. Wow. Then some family members start accusing other family members, including the grandpa, saying that the grandpa could have done something. Yeah. And the grandpa's like, I was home the whole time. He has to go through a polygraph. Wow. They all pass, of course. And this whole time, just they're wasting time when they could have been out there looking for poor Stainer. The family's still, you know, upset. They're still trying to look for him. He actually makes uh, what is it? Let me go to my notes here. Um, they actually have little uh, things in the uh, newspaper. They're having prayer vig- vigils. Uh, The the police are you know they put a a missing poster the day later right on the telephone pole adjacent to Parnell's house, (laughs) and he's like you know what I got a GTFO out of here. Yep. So he basically he basically uproots him and leaves the boy. He no he takes the boy with him. Wow. Okay. Now here's the thing that I, I, I that bothers me to this day. Irwin never opened his mouth up until this was all said and done. He could have opened up and said, "With Parnell gone, he could have just tried to be the hero yeah. in some way." You take your medicine, yes. You were part of it, yes. But you could have saved that boy. Didn't. Didn't say anything. Just Kept to himself. Ignored all the posters and everything else like that. Parnell takes out wow. takes off in the middle of that night when when uh they're tra- when poor little Stainer boy Stephen is asking, what about my parents? I want to go home, he's freaking out, not liking the way he's being molested and things like that. Parnell tells him, look, I got to tell you the truth. You were donated to the church and to myself. I'm going to look after you. Your parents aren't in a good way right now. They have too many mouths to feed. They can't afford you. You know, you're the littlest one. You, We can't, you know, they can't afford you. You know, I have to help them out and you're in my custody now. You know what,
0: at seven years old, and like you said, being that he was raised in the church, whatever, mm-hmm. and he sees that he's a reverend, he was told, well, he was told, at seven years old, I can understand how he could just be like, okay, like, going along with everything and not questioning certain things. Yeah. That could probably twist his mind a little bit. Yeah. Especially like at gull- that age. Gullible. Yeah.
1: More especially than, at that age. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. You guys are both right. Gullible and, and at that age, I mean basically he gave him a new name he told him uh, his name is dennis parnell so no wow. longer steven St- stainer wow yeah so <clears throat> he got him he, he got him uh to change into that name and then about just 12 days later he began to rape the poor little boy <sighs> wow. yeah yeah so at this time Stephen just wow they wind up moving <clears throat> in the next few months four times, in different areas. Now, when he finally realizes that Dennis, who was Stephen, is actually changed and gotten on board with everything, he's gotten on board with everything. Like he he believes that this is the way because he's pounded it into him every day. This is how it is. This is how it is. This yeah, is yeah. You're my son. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Whatever he told him, Steven's going along with it a.k.a. Dennis, to the point where later in the year he enrolls him in school under that name. What? That's crazy, man. Yo, this guy... Yeah. <laughs> and Stephen would adopt the name Dennis and carry on with the story that he was told. Wow. Without mentioning his former parents, just mentioning that even coming in for parent-teacher conferences, this dude, this pedophile came in and would ad- ad- announce his, himself as his father and no one blinked an eye. Do you think he, do you think
0: Steven had a resentment towards his parents believing that the story that the
1: reverend said? It, that they just gave him away. That they up. just gave him away. So, you know what? Screw it. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. Okay. All right. But all right. Like, <laughs> but, but he did at that point was all in. So, like you know Dang. how you like you, you push in all your money and you're like, okay, yeah. I'm all in. He's all in. All right. So at that age, so so fast forward a little bit, you know, he's turning eight, he's turning nine, they're moving still. So years have passed. A couple years have passed. Okay. The parents at this point believe he's gone. Okay. I mean, and, you know, they do believe that they're never gonna see him again. The police are telling him, Look, if we do find him, most likely it's gonna be a body. And, you know, his his brother is struggling with this because, you know, he goes to school and they're like, Oh, you're they don't know him as Carrie anymore. They know him as oh, you're the brother of the kidnapped kid. Or the, the kid that disappeared Yeah So he's getting You know Getting a, all kinds of crap from You yeah, know Heckled at school Him from school <clears throat> His sisters go through the same thing And And Carrie seems to Lash out a lot though He starts to like Just Like Do little self mutilation Like cutting himself a little bit Cause he's the older brother You know yeah, So yeah, he's yeah. like a, Three years older And um He's just frustrated and no one's paying him attention. They're like watching the girls like hawks, obviously, but they don't pay him any attention. So he's struggling with it as all this is going on. Okay. Um, Parnell just keeps keeps doing things to him. And um, over time, you know, he's more and more brainwashed to where the point where he's about like 10, 11 years old and four years have passed. Four years have passed. God. Okay. Parnell's all right. allowing him now to drink beer. What? and smoke cigarettes. Wow. That age? At that age, yeah. <clears throat> As he plays, Parnell's letting him play outside, play with his friends, hang out. You're about what, 5th, 6th grade at this point? Yeah, yeah, 11 years old, yeah. Yeah, 11, 12 years grade. old, something like It was around that age. He starts bringing some of his friends home to hang out and everything cuz Parnell's like, "Hey, bring your friends over." Mm. He starts touching up on them and p- making passes on them, too. On, his, fr- on his friends reverend. Yeah 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 And this is where Like again You would think One of these moments He's gonna get busted You would think At one of these times This kid's gonna or This guy's gonna get His comeuppance He's gonna do something It, it takes a while He's gonna get yeah. sloppy Yeah yeah yeah. It, yeah yeah Exactly you're right He's gonna to get sloppy So finally One of these kids Gets the nerve To tell his mom Like hey This guy touched me In an appropriate way And wanted to do something With me and I had to Like break free and the mom <clears throat> goes and tells the cops. The cops go and interview him. Take a look at the boy. Take a look at, at, you know, how how Stainer is. They know that he smokes. He's got a bit of a reputation in school. And they say, you know what? That Reverend Parnell guy, he's a good guy. You know, he's just getting a bad rap. You know, these kids, they're, they're taking his... Love for them as <laughs> as little boys, and as genuine human beings. Their love, you know. You know, maybe he maybe it's just hugs, and the the kids are just a little.
0: Don't tell me, man. Don't tell me the cops drop the ball.
1: Oh, they dropped more than the ball, dude. Come they they looked the other way. Seriously? They looked wow. the other way. So the mom's testi- testification, if that's a word, and, <laughs> and, and, and the boys. Testimony. Testimony. There you go. T- testification. Making up words. This damn corona's got me flipping, man. Um, so, yeah, they, they they took took it with a grain of salt and we're like, no, 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 the reverend could never do that. Because remember, this is before... When the clergy would bury stuff like this, yeah, yeah, when yeah. when the cops would look the other way, when the mayors when the, when they got these special privileges, do that today, you might as well crucify the priest on the altar. Now let me ask you a question. I, I'm going back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going back. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure people actually know this is a reverend. Like he 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 conducts a church. No, right? not whatsoever. Really, he just passes himself off as a. Uh, he actually has a nine to five job. So not only does he have this kid brainwashed to go to school. The kid never breaks the routine, never breaks from what he knows up until that point, knowing damn well that when he gets home, Parnell is still not home for two more hours because he works a nine to five. Wow. So Parnell had this kid. He knew he was getting him home. It was almost like it was his wife. brainwashed. Yeah, just brainwashed
0: to a T. Wow. He could
2: have left that anymore. And you
0: know what? I I can't get mad at the kid. You can't. Because he. He's he's like Renee said. He's gullible. See,
1: right yeah. now you're mad at him. Yeah. Your feelings will change, but right now you're mad at him because you're, and you and you say, well, I can't be too mad at him. But you're like, come on, man, you just wake up one day. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He doesn't to the point to where Parnell is messing like like he can't. Let's see, he can't pass himself off. Too many people are starting to talk a little bit. He's got to give himself an alibi. He's got to give himself an alter uh, or alternative. Like, look from other people's standpoints, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be that guy with a kid, you know, and then people are accusing you, right? So, he, ha- he knows he has to go out and get a girlfriend. So, he gets out, he gets a girlfriend, brings a you know, meets a girl at a bar, they start rapping or whatever, like this. <sighs> this is another part that's going to make you upset. Oh, he starts bringing Stephen into the bedroom with him and the woman at 12 years old, the
0: Reverend. What? Is bringing the twelve-year-old inside the bedroom with his new girlfriend.
1: Yeah, and the girlfriend is completely good with it. That's she's gross. just as dumb. Okay, just as dumb as he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're they're basically having threesomes with the twelve with the twelve yeah. girl. Wow. Yeah. So Not much you can say on that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she's going along with it. She has no problems. Wow.
0: <laughs> oh, probably paid her off. Wow.
1: No, there's no, there's no pain. This isn't a prostitute. Oh, this now, is a, this is a, a willing participant. Now, let's be real. Mm-hmm. We're all men here. Mm-hmm. At 12 years
0: old, if you were to score a grown woman, like on the South Park episode, it's like <laughs> nice. It's like nice. <laughs> yeah. But
1: in this situation, it's like, whoa, like what the heck? Yeah, yeah. It's real life. Like he yeah. said, and then, and then not only that, you're not, you're not there. Like like Parnell's not there saying, hey, you know, I want you to sleep with my girlfriend. No, he's going to sleep with you and the girlfriend, and you're going to be whatever they tell you to do. You know what I'm saying? So he's some kind of dictator or some, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And keep in mind, he's still smoking and drinking. Okay. A lot during the day to where some of the parents are getting kind of upset because they're hearing things that, you know, this little boy that they let their boys play with is smoking and drinking all day.
0: So his classmates
1: know that. Yeah, they know he's up to that that stuff, but they don't know about the other stuff. Yeah, as that stuff continues, uh, Parnell is just loving it because everything he's doing it seems to be working. No repercussions, nothing. Wow. They Now, let's fast forward a little bit more. Now, this is seven years later, nearly eight years. Sorry, like 14, 15? No, he's about, he's about 13 and a half, pushing 14, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, Steven starts to realize, you know what, um... Kenneth isn't really into me anymore. He's not really wanting to have sex with him and do things with him. And it's sort of just like standoffish. He starts asking Stephen, a.k.a. Dennis, to help him recruit another little boy. And at this point, Stephen's like, finally a light switch goes off in his head. And he's like, no, I don't want to do this. To the point where Kenneth starts threatening him, <clears throat> physical violence. Now, they go out on a few nights to try to find a kid. And each time, he plays like he's playing along with it, but then messes it up somehow. You know, when like he gets out of the car, he's supposed to be the one that's supposed to buffer it for Kenneth to then take him in Kinda the car. Kind of like the first guy. Yeah, just to do the same thing. But he screws it up every time. Like, he'll say something to the kid, like, run. Or something like that, to where he scares him off every time. So, this pisses off, you know, Parnell. He's like, damn it. You know, like, like... This, this shouldn't this shouldn't be happening, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, partner... Got to give the kid props on that one. Yeah, yeah, because he... At this point, he's starting to get it. Like, this is not cool. Yeah. This is not cool. Um, so, one of this other times, there's another guy that he gets to go along with him again. Another guy. Not Erwin. Another guy. Because he's not having any success with Steven. And it's on Valentine's Day of that year that he comes home with this little boy that they found a five-year-old boy named timothy and they they lured him in the car they gave him juice laced with sleeping pills dang they bring him inside the house and as he's they're carrying him in uh steven's like oh god you gotta be kidding me you know he has that look like deer in the headlights like my worst fears you know they brought another boy home and basically the first thing kenneth says is hey happy valentine's day You got a brother. And from that moment on, Stephen said his whole mindset changed. Just everything in his mind. He's like, you know what? This isn't going to happen again. I'm going to do everything I can to stop this. So a couple days go by and it's not stated or not known that I know of on the research that I looked at if Timothy was molested in that period of time. But basically, I know that he was watching him to see how Steven would react. Steven played the game as he would normally do just so that he could try to try to get confidence for Parnell to go back to work so that maybe he could spring him loose. So I'll get to another date right here, which I think it's... So days, so days have went by with this new kid, right? Yes. Okay. All yes. right. Yes. So, <clears throat> I think it was like three three or four days later. Three or four days? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I didn't mention earlier that Parnell had told Stainer over the years that his dad had died, his mom had moved away, and the mm-hmm. other kids went to foster care. He mm-hmm. couldn't contact them. Mm-hmm. Stainer was still believing all that. Yeah. So, he had that in the back of his mind. He So, he couldn't call anybody. He figured he didn't know anybody to call to trust. So, one day they waited about two hours because he kept you know, Parnell kept saying, Oh, you know what? I'll, I'm going to go to work, but I, I could be back. And he kept leaving and he, and he would actually go to work, come back real quick to check on them and then go back to work. Wow. To try, to, try to like, make sure that, you know, he's not going to bolt. Yeah. So, but one day they said, screw it. And he took Timothy. He's like, I'm not going to let this happen. And at this time they were in Ukiah, California. Wow. My brother lived there. Yeah. They were in Ukiah and it's a small town as you yep, know. I know, I've been there. So they walked from one of the, cabins i guess they lived in mm-hmm. and he took timothy and he said he was so like uh what's that called paranoid every car seemed to look like parnell's car so they they would be walking down the road and then they would jump into bushes real quick hiding because they didn't know if that was him or not yeah they kept freaking out so it took him about a good hour or two to get into the the city wow they get into the city and they find them and he's trying to figure out what to do who to contact and then he's like you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna walk and by this time it's nightfall he points timothy into the police station and timothy walks into the police station a cop just happens to be looking over the desk and sees a little five-year-old at the door the five-year-old sees him turns around starts crying and runs out and the cop's like what the hell so he follows him out there and as he follows him out there he looks over and the little boy goes and hugs stainer and the cop just points his flashlight and is like hey what are you guys doing What, what what did you do to the boy and he goes, this is a missing kid that you guys are looking for, you know, Timothy, I think his name is Sharok or something. And um, and the cop goes, oh, my God, so you took him? He goes, hands up. And, and he and he just puts his hands up, and then, he, and then the, the little boy is telling him he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. And so they bring him in there, and they're starting to talk to him. They interrogate him, and he goes, what's your name? And this is a famous line that comes up later, and he goes, I think my name is Steven. And so that's how it starts with him, because then they're investigating this guy. They get Parnell's name. And then all of a sudden, you know, wait a minute. And the cop does his research. And the other cop comes in and says, dude, this is the kid that's been missing for nearly eight years. Almost a decade. Yeah. Yeah, we thought. Wow. He was dead. So they recoup two, you know, lost kids in a matter of. Did they contact the Merced uh, County? To yeah. To verify? <clears throat> what they do, well, yeah, well, they, they ran the fingerprints, and then they also called, and then they figured out who it was. And uh, they, they called the parents. The parents wanted to come up ASAP, obviously, because they haven't seen yeah, him. Yeah. And, and and as they're telling, you know, as, as they're telling, or they're finding out the story, they tell him, hey, we got to hold of your parents. He's like, what do you mean you got to hold my parents? He goes, my dad died years ago. He's like, I just got off the phone with him. He's coming up here. He goes, well, they're not separated at least? He's like, no. Because your family's worried sick about you. They thought you were dead years ago. And that's when he broke down and started telling the police everything. Started telling them all the stuff that he endured and all the stuff that they were going through. And the cops were sitting there just shocked. Couldn't wow. believe it.
0: I would have been irate if I was one of those cops, man. Yeah. I would man. have been the, uh, trying to
1: kill the guy right there in the spot, man. Like, where is he? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So so keep in mind, this is in, you know, early 1980 now. So the police, obviously, this gets out to the media and this is before social media, but localized police and even people from as far as New York, ABC studios, everyone flies in there. They want to see him. And all of a sudden now he's a national hero because Stainer is almost, you know, he's pushing, you know, he's pushing, uh, I think he's 14, 14 or so. And he has Timothy and they have a famous picture of him holding Timothy in his arms Mm. or him sitting on his lap, you know, as a kid that saved another kid and that endured all this crap. And the media is just making him a superstar. They even make a made-for-TV movie in the late 80s, which is what I saw, which is called um, uh, I Think My Name is Steven, Mm. the Steven Stainer story. They made a movie about it, wrote a book about it. The media was just all over it all over the family and then they they arrest parnell you know parnell's being like ridiculed like what a disgusting filthy piece of trash and, and which it, he is you know and they want to hang yeah. him and everything else like this and 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 uh so so the media just it goes crazy and they, and they 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 want to appoint him like you know this you know uh savior to the little boy you know mm-hmm. he gets that moniker. When he tries to go back, and Stephen tries to go back to adjust. Now, a five-year-old was was returned to his family. Stephen is quickly out of place. He goes back to a a, a, a freaking strict house. Now, granted, they love to have him there, but the family's struggling with the fact that they see him drinking beer. You know, it's beers like water to him.
0: And, wow! And and, and They're he's like, "Who is this?" Yeah, and he's
1: smoking cigarettes, and the, and the family's like, "Wait a minute." And so then as time goes by, like at first they're mad at him and it's causing all kinds of problems. But then they're just happy to have him back. They're like, you know what? We'll let him pass. But the other kids, Carrie and the two daughters, are on strict restrictions to not even be close to what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the kids are kind of being like it's a divided household. So Stephen is still trying to recruit. He's having bad times in high school. Um, You know, he's a couple years go by got those
0: uh memories man
1: yeah yeah and so at the same time you know like i said the family's struggling with it his brother's struggling with it because then as he goes back to school in his neighborhood the kids are like oh you're that gay kid you know you oh. you're, you're the kid that got in the and you liked it and back then like obviously talking like that now and saying the f word you know stuff that we would joke around yeah. with as kids yeah you can't do that now yeah but back then they were just throwing it around, and teachers would probably be like, "Hey, you only get three more of those." <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> back like, then it wasn't they, that bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah back then, back so then, wait,
0: going back to so the parents let him yeah break him wherever you guys want. Yeah, That's the parents let him continue smoking, drinking beer, and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, they, they, they really couldn't it. stop it.
0: <laughs> what I'm saying is, I, I you know he got used to it for so many years. I know, and then coming back to the uh, strict parent, Christian family, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, I don't know, man. Would you uh, – knowing that you know better,
1: even though that's your kid and he went through that, would you still allow it? Um, It's hard to say because I think I could be in the same part of the – I can't imagine being away from my kids for a couple days, and if they were gone for that long, I'd just be happy they're there. Yeah. I would probably try to encourage him not to and try to maybe take him to AA or whatever, even if he's a kid. Yeah. But, but damn, dude, I mean – I don't think there's much, much, not much you could do in that situation. Or just not provide it for him, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, but then again, he would probably get it other ways. Yeah, you know? that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you can
0: get it if, you, you know, if you get it on your own and it's not where I can know, I can't get mad at you. But I'm not going to willingly give you this mm-hmm. stuff. That's what I'm saying. But, but I mean,
1: that's pretty deep. Yeah. So, his life began to take many twists and turns. Dealing with all the crap at school, he committed, tried to commit suicide. Thankfully, it didn't happen. Okay. I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah. So he he, he survived, and he, he just something clicked. He met a girl, and it was a 17 year old when he was 18, and when he finished high school, and um, they began dating, and sure enough, they wound up getting married. <clears> At <throat> 18? His life, no, no, a couple of years oh, later. Oh, okay, okay. So her life began. His life began to go up, but then it was still rocky road because in between, he was working for victim advocacy. Things and doing mm-hmm. a lot of good in the mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. and working for those kidnapped, you know, and things like that. Being a spokesman, but he had his inner demons. He kept drinking, and mm-hmm. he got busted several times for tickets and for DUIs. Mm-hmm. So in the, so in one sense, he's trying to turn his life around. He's trying to be that that guy, but then he's struggling with his inner demons. Yeah, yeah. his past yeah coming man. back up. He was able to get past the you know suicidal thoughts. The rapes All the things That he went through And at the, and then the At the same time You know when he's When I forgot to mention When he was 18 Parnell went to To uh, To uh, Court finally They dealt with his deal For Timothy He got six months Or six years Oh I'm about six to say Six months He got six years jail The statute of limitations Back in the 70s Screwed things up mm-hmm. So his molestations And the stuff That they could prove Had already lapsed so he got kidnapping charges only for Stainer. Wow! Nothing molestation, no, nothing. So six years, six years. He did six years, and then there was well, there was four years on top of it. But he wound up getting out on good behavior. You don't give somebody like that good
0: getting yeah, out <laughs> on good There's behavior. I'm sorry. Those kind of guys are messed up. In the yeah, head. I'm sorry. So <laughs>
1: he got out in six years and went on to live his life. At this point, so at this point, like we're in the we're in the mid '80s at this point, right? Okay. Stainer goes on to have two beautiful kids, a boy and a girl, and it, and but he's having trouble holding on to jobs. The family's still trying to hold it together. Carrie's having problems. He's in and out, drug rehab, mm-hmm. um, you know, holding down jobs. The sisters are getting by. Family's just like, we're just glad we're all together. You know, we're glad that Steven's moving on and doing his thing. Fast forward to 1989. Okay. Um... 1989, he's working. He he works at a um, uh, at a job for what is it? Uh, it was Pizza Hut. Okay. Right. So it was a rainy night, and he's had a couple DUIs. And he works inside the thing. The, the boss says, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you take the uh, the car home? You know, company vehicle home. It's raining. I don't want you out on a motorcycle. It's a little too um, it's a little too dangerous." Mm-hmm. And so he he literally says to him, uh, you know what, I don't I don't need to. I'll take my motorcycle home, you know. Okay. He goes, just be careful. Something tells me this is not going to end well. Yeah. Steven takes his motorcycle home in the rain without a helmet. Yep. It's oh, yeah, definitely- not going to end well.
0: Nope.
1: Slides out of control, hits a car head on, dies on the scene. Dang. Head trauma landed Dang. on his head. So the story of Steven Stainer ends there. Dang. 1989.
0: That was, my, that was the year I was born. <laughs> Dang.
1: Dang. Yep. And that's where our story picks up. Dang. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's not over. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Seriously? It's not over. Not not by a long shot. It's not over. Oh, oh yeah, I thought I it was it, then. It. It. No, this is not it. it. Okay. It well, going. there's the twist you were mentioning. <sighs> so, obviously, everyone's super devastated. Yeah. This makes world news because it was a world news story. You know, when ABC used to use the 2020, mm-hmm. they did a 2020 special. And all, all of a sudden, everyone's sad. You know, oh my God, you know, this kid went through so much. He battled his demons. He went through this and Had we helped him out in a certain situation, would he still be alive today? You know, would, would, would he still be in the situation, you know, um, or, or would he be in a better place? Mm-hmm. So this whole time, Carrie's had to put up with him being the old, you know, oldest brother but getting no respect and younger brother being the whole golden boy, you know. And um, Carrie had problems. A year later... Um, he disclosed That his uncle um, Had molested him As oh, a wow. kid Yeah well, Which was his dad's father Uncle Uncle Joe Or Jesse Uncle Jesse um, Six months later Carrie uh, comes home And found out that Jesse Or no Carrie was told to go to Jesse's house To pick something up He goes to his uncle's house And finds him shot to death With a 12 gauge shotgun on the floor Wow Yeah to this day, that case has never been solved. Kind of have an idea of who it may be. So, <laughs> Kerry was a little scarred by that. In 1991, he was busted for marijuana possession and methamphetamines. He thus then went to a psychiatric ward because he tried to commit suicide. This is Stephen's brother. Yeah, this older is Kerry. brother. Older brother Kerry. Okay. So Kerry's still dealing with all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, he tried to commit suicide in 91 and 97. Dang! As he tries to go to rehab again, he finds a job, you know, because he loved Yosemite National Park. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I gotta, I gotta find something. He was good at doing maintenance work, so he got a job up there at the Cedar Cedar Lodge up in in uh, Yosemite. Mm-hmm. So, here's where our story takes another turn. Again? really? Forty-two year old Carol Sundlin, or Car- Carolyn, Carol's son, or. forgot how to spell her name or say her name and her 15 year old daughter Julie had their uh friend from argentina 16 year old uh who came in she was a foreign exchange student she Mm -hmm. came in they were showing her sights and and sounds of america and driving up and down the coast and uh, one of their final stops was in yosemite they were from arizona and they were just going to spend the night up there check out the trees and come back down the next day and the the father was gonna meet them in Arizona, they're gonna fly out. I'm sorry, they had a rental car. And so they were up at the lodge and whatnot, and the lodges was kind of off season. Carrie was a maintenance worker at the lodge, and he was knocking on doors and just checking to see, you know, who was there. He knocked on the door, she answered the mom, and he goes, Hey, uh, I was told that there's a leak going on around these around the cabins and I need to check your bathroom to make sure you don't have the problem. She quickly says no and then he says well you know the manager told me to and he goes like we can move you into another room it's no big deal and you know just i just gotta check and see if everything's okay so she looks at him she's like all right come on in and she's a little weary because she has those two daughters he goes in there and it looks like he's he's on the up and up he's checking the bathroom checking behind the toilet and then he comes out with a gun and he proceeds to tie all three of them up, duct tape-wise. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I, having two daughters or two little girls, mm-hmm. you're out in the cabin. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have opened the door. Her at first instant was she right. She should have stuck with it. She should have stuck with it. She stuck with it. Yeah. Dang,
1: man. Um, she should gone with her first instant. Yeah, for real. And said, nope. Yeah. So, automatically, he takes both girls after their duct tape up, hands and feet takes him to the bedroom uh, of the cabin then takes the the wife or the mom to the bedroom or or to to the uh, bed in the living room and proceeds to strangle her to death in five minutes took five minutes to strangle her dude this is from his account later on so and this is Corey, right? this is carrie Carrie. yeah yeah Yeah. so he strangles he strangles a five-year-old to death or five-year-old i'm sorry (laughs) I don't know why I went there The 42 year old The mother Yeah the mother to death And then um, Proceeds Because again The lodge is kind of empty So he's able to just Walk outside with her And put her in the trunk Of the rent-a-car And no one saw anything He goes back in Grabs both girls Puts them on the bed And tries to You know Cuts their clothes To where he can have sex With them To where they're still Bound up And um, He has ED problems He can't get it up Mm. So he blames them. Of course, it's their fault, right? They're, they're tied up. So he tries, again, doing things as far as telling them to do things to each other to get him aroused. It's not working. And the one girl, the foreign exchange student, is freaking out. Like she's crying a lot to the point where he slaps her and he tells her, shut up. And she just won't. Because obviously, dude, yeah. a, you yeah. know, and he's got a knife yeah. too with him and everything. And they don't know where the mom's at no idea he takes that girl to the bathroom and proceeds to uh strangle her to death Dang! so he kills the 15 year old
0: dang man
1: then um he walks her i guess from what they said they walks her from the bathroom to the car puts her in the car with the mom you know and i guess the daughter didn't see i don't know if he had blindfolded her or Something, but she had no idea. Mm -hmm. So then that's when he finally can get it up and he proceeds to rape and molest her. Wow. And then he decides, you know what? Uh, I got to get out of here. So he tapes her back up, puts her in the back seat of the car, and goes in there and then sees it, you know, there's signs of a struggle in here. I've got to fix things. So he manipulates the crime scene, cleans the whole damn place, and to where there's no, where it looks fine. He even packs their stuff in wow. bags. Wow. Yeah. To make it look like, oh, well, they just went out for the day. You know, or they're gonna come back for the Really stuff. put it in his mind and said, Wow. Yeah. So he takes off and in the car they go for a long drive. They're in the And the, she's still alive. She's still alive. Taped up. Taped up. So he cuts her buying or the tape off of her mouth so he could talk with her. And to her credit, as he was as he would later on tell she talked to him in a calm voice and she was obviously in survival mode and yeah, she was yeah. trying to like d- try to do what she can do. She's just survive. complying. That's all. She was trying to be his friend and um, they talked a lot. He he started to like have like, you know, started thinking, oh, man, you know, this girl's this, this girl's that nice, whatever. And it started playing on his feelings. So he started to talk to her more. He loosened her up a little bit. So he took her out to this lookout on, a, on one of the hills, on one of the roads. Takes her out there, and um, again, she's asking where her mom is, but not in a like freaked out way to freak him out. And uh, he's like, oh, they're fine, you know, like, you're just with me, it's just me and you. And then, so they're out there, and he proceeds to, again, assault her. And she tries to, she, she plays it cool to where she's unhooked from everything. And she tries to make a break for it, and then that's when he realizes, I got to finish this. So he grabs her, takes her, and he slits her throat. Oh, and, he, and he leaves her right by the tree on and then uh, he just covers her a little bit with brush. To bleed to death. Yeah. To bleed to death. And so dang. he, so he just leaves her there. So he, he actually hitches a ride back into town. He hitches a ride, gets back into town, starts taking care of stuff where his house is. And he's like, wait a minute. I still left the car out there. I still left the bodies out there. So he gets out there, he gets a ride out there. Finds the car still in the untouched. And he's like, I got to get rid of some of this evidence. So he proceeds to torch the car, with the bodies in it. Doesn't go back to the the young Julie by the tree, because she's like, ways away from the car. Yeah. But he burns that car, and then when it's he stays there till it actually burns itself out. And then on the charcoal part of the the trunk, when you lift it. Um, You know how it's burning, you know, the ash marks? Mm -hmm. He writes, we had fun with these. Wow. And so he he tried to throw them off, the the police, because he knew the police would find the bodies. The bodies, But he put we, making it like, okay, it's multiple people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not not for another... uh, couple days the father starts to get worried he's like i haven't heard from my family i haven't heard you know he's in arizona he's wondering where his wife and his kid and the foreign exchange student is he calls the police the police are searching they do a thorough search they actually interview carrie because they knew he was on on uh there's three other maintenance workers at that lodge Mm -hmm. they interview carrie and they're like oh this guy seems like a stand-up guy and then they go into his past and they're like oh but he couldn't be capable of anything like this his brother was steven yeah You know steven died a hero you know like he went through a lot you know carrie come on yeah yeah, yeah. scribble him off the list right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy how people do that man guilty by like who you're associated with or who you know yeah
1: yeah exactly so he gets knocked off the list carrie's like all right i'm good and basically the 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 police finally uh you know the families come up there even the one from the foreign exchange student her family comes up into you know gets there just to find out Just in time That they found the bodies And through dental records A few days later They realize It's The The, the, the mom And the, and the wow. Foreign exchange student Now they're still looking For Julie at this point They do find The, the wa- A wallet With missing cards And remember, remember Carrie was into meth They find a couple Meth heads With In a local town Trying to use One of her The mom's Cards and that they were, they said they found those cards or that someone had given it to them. They didn't, their stories weren't straight. And so as they were entering, interviewing both these guys, one guy actually admitted, Hey, I made those murders. One of the methods. Stupid. And they were like, you did now, huh? And so they were, and you know how police are. They're not going to give you all the information because they know people do this stuff. Mm-hmm. The guy literally was off on several key aspects of the murders. But they still took his word for it with no physical evidence. Wow. So they jailed both of them. The other guy's like, hey, it wasn't me, man. All I did was get a card, you know. And they're like, he's stupid. And they're like, no, he's put you there and you're there and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm like, wow, okay. so Wow. The, what, you're, uh, this, this is the 90s, right? Yeah, this is... Uh, this 97, is, you said? This is, actually, no, I, I forgot to say. This was 99. This was two oh, years Oh wow. So this is 1999. All right. So no physical evidence, no DNA. A letter comes in <clears throat> at the same time when they're... Because what I forgot to mention was before they get these guys, a letter comes in saying, we had fun with this one. And if you're looking for the other body, it was a map of where the other girl was. So the police investigated that, found the girl, and then that's when they found the credit cards, the information that got those two guys. So it was a triple homicide now. They got both those guys. One can, you know, obviously... Before it goes to jail, though... Uh, five months later these guys are still in jail still wow still in jail their court date's coming up the police already are like well case closed johnson you know you know we we got (laughs) we we got the two guys that's all there is
0: hey johnson yeah yeah it's just johnson
1: (laughs) so this one girl i don't have her last name um what is it here um joey she's 26 years old she works at the at one of the resorts up there too. She's staying at the lodge. She actually has an appointment to go hang out with her friends. They were either gonna play tennis or they're gonna go hiking or something, right? Mm-hmm. So she um she she's locking up her cabin. As soon as she turns around to get t- into her car, here comes good old Carrie. And Carrie comes up to her and says, Hey, I'm looking for Bigfoot. I heard Bigfoot roams these areas up there. So likely he's probably high at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she goes I don't know nothing about Bigfoot She tries to run He tackles her mm. She try. He tries to like You know Tie her up She's fighting and Fighting she's Fighting for her life Kicking him Punching him Clawing him Everything Biting him He He's getting frustrated Because he can't subdue her You know He overwhelms her body ways But she, she's fighting for yeah, her yeah, life yeah, yeah Finally you know He just cuts right to the chase Literally And says Screw this And he slits her throat Dang, but he's not done there. He drags her about eighty yards past the lodging area, and decapitates her. Th- get whoa!
0: So you get
2: way throw- further. Yeah, whoa. He, he
1: throws her body wow. into the river, so he couldn't get none. So you just say screw yeah, it. Yeah, he said screw it. I'm done with this. You know, fought me too much. You're too much to handle. That's it. Wow. So right away too, her friends. You know, <laughs> no, this guy's nuts. Yeah. So later The friends are like Hey you know We haven't seen Joey Can you Can you do a wellness check At her place They go to her place But see this is where Carrie didn't mess up He didn't fix the crime scene This time They saw an obvious sign Of struggle Broken eyeglasses That she had uh, Her you know Stuff from her purse Was on the ground Mm -hmm. Drag marks And there was a And there was tire tracks Mm. So right away The cops take pictures Of the tire tracks And here's where The good detectives Start to come in Because they're like you know we're not used to having murders like this and did not we have something like this about almost f- six months ago you know this this happened you know, famous murders up in here It's like what if we got the wrong guy so they start questioning things and then one cops like you know what um, let's uh, let's interview some of these people so, but then they Carrie messed up too because people saw him in the area that day the other workers that were originally questioned they didn't see them in the area Carrie was seen in the area and then one witness came forward and said, I saw a blue car with a white stripe on the side race away. And then they started looking to see who had blue cars with a white stripe on the side. Carrie. Wow. And then when they found the body later on the next day, the body was, they found the headless body. It washed up about a hundred more yards down the, the river because they hadn't looked in the river. They looked in the adjacent mm-hmm. area. And the head was 80 yards from that.
0: Wow. Those guys are sick, man. Yeah This dude was
1: sick Yeah So So uh, The police then track him down They They bring him in for questioning While they're doing that They had taken a plaster mold What'd they do with the other uh, The other two That they Well the other two are still in jail They're still in jail They still gotta prove it Got it Got it So They question him But they don't have enough to hold him He's Mm -hmm. still holding to his story Like I don't know what you guys are talking about They have to wait To take a plaster mold Of the tire tracks at the scene and then compare those with his car. Now Carrie knows they got his. They got him. He's like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm taking off. He leaves in the middle of the night. He goes to this area where he thought they would never see him, which was a nudist colony. Mm-hmm. So he goes to a nudist colony because you know there's no Wi-Fi, there's no nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And these people are living off the ground. You know, he goes to this like remote area in wine country, right? He's mm-hmm. just in a nudist colony. And um, but one of the girls on the way in or whatever had. Saw a picture of him On t- television Cause at this point They know They know This carries Yeah they, they, It came through It came did. through Yeah And so she comes To the nudist colony Expecting just to Be her nudist self And she sees him And she calls the police Right away Like holy crap He's here And the cops The next hour or so Come up there In full gear And And guns drawn And he just like He just gets on his knees Puts his hands up And he's like He got me And so they arrest him on the way to the police station, Carrie admits to the murder and admits to the other three as well, so exonerating the two knuckleheads in jail. They just like let them go. They just <laughs> let them go. They just let them go. Here's your here's your meth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take they're, your meth and go. Smoke this <laughs> and then you're gone, right? <laughs> um, so, Dang. yeah, dude. So basically, at this time, that's uh, that's 99. Um, at the same time parnell remember good old parnell the okay. reverend yeah reverend Parnell. oh
0: reverend parnell, reverend oh, parnell. he's
1: still now. alive right yeah he's still alive still kicking don't tell me he um he tries to recruit another kid don't tell me through a female friend this time and at first she's like i don't know dude you're tripping you know maybe you're old you know like i'm not gonna help you get another boy and well and he's again he's not mentioning what he wants to do with a little boy so he's adamant now and he's telling the woman, "Look, I really need your help because the boy will never suspect it if a, you know, woman of your age comes up and asks, you know, it's a grandmother style, you can help me out, blah blah, I'll so offer you he's money." He's
0: telling the female, "I need you to help me get another boy to do basically the same thing." Basically the same thing, yes. Wow.
1: He didn't learn the first time. Yeah, he
0: didn't learn the first time, and not only that. Why would a woman
1: anyone even say yes to it? Yeah, well, And this is uh, in 2001. So in 2001, and this is before Stainer's, because Stainer gets, you know, uh, what do you call it? Obviously in jail. He's got to wait his sentence. And um, so while that's going on, Parnell's over here doing his thing. She tells the cops, the cops know he has a record. So obviously he's a sex offender. But when they search his computer, they find nothing but child porn. Mm. Now, now. I understand child porn is horrific and I understand it, it deserves crime and punishment. Correct. Mm -hmm. Now it's one thing to look at it. Yes. And it's just as detestable, but it's another thing to actually go, go and act upon it and do something to it. And I felt he got away with so much before that laws had changed. Time had passed. People are smarter. The, the jail system's more, on it with that kind of thing They gave him 25 years to life Dang. Because of the child porn And because of the attempt on Kidnapping another child Dang So he got his come ins But when you think about it Good old Parnell would only live to 2008 So he would serve only 7 more years In prison He died in prison He died in prison and died of old age Died, of, died of old age Yeah So there was no underlining condition Nothing like He died in his 70s so a piece of you know what like that lived on. Wow. A kid like Stephen died young. You know. He destroyed a lot of. He wasn't lives. Even, destroyed lives. Yeah, he wasn't even thirty. Yeah, and died. Let's get back to Carrie. The Carrie. There's now. more. There's more now. So in 2002, okay. Um, he pleaded no, not guilty by rule um, by reason of insanity. His lawyers claimed the Steiner family had had a history of sexual abuse that's when they brought out the his uncle Jesse had molested him the you know the murder of Jesse which still unsolved to this day because shotgun shells not regular bullets and shotgun shells are hard to mm-hmm. there was no physical there was no handprints no nothing so to this day there's still a thing in people's minds that feel that Carrie was responsible for oh, that Oh yeah and I then, think so too and then then to top this off when they asked him where did all this murder and stuff set, come from? He stated since he was seven, he wanted to do physical harm to somebody, he wanted to kill a woman. <laughs> that was Carrie. <laughs> wow. yeah,
0: whoa. Do you think it's because he was living in a strict household? Cause, um, cause you know how they say when you live in a strict household, you become rebellious because you kind of get a last, taste your last shout. yeah, you kind of get a taste of it. You know what I'm saying?
1: You yeah, it, I had to do a little bit, it could have been. And it could have just been everything going on with the media attention that his brother got when he returned and all the stuff that he got when he was gone. Mm. So, I mean, all that had to play like a huge role. And then the family, he would later say his family never paid attention to him. His family always, it was always Steven, Steven, Steven. Mm. They didn't care about Carrie's accomplishments. That could do it too. Carrie was a a really good um, artist, drew a lot of things, but never got any praise for it never got any praise for anything he would later say also um, here's here's a sick thing he said it was a mental illness right so when the police were asking him for more of the confession more of the things mm-hmm. he actually request. he said okay I'll give you more information I'll give you more of this and that if you give me some child pornography the cops were like oh, Carrie? yeah Carrie told told the detectives what? cops were like what the hell are you talking about? what's wrong with you Like, yeah we're like let, let's go to our child porn file and give yeah. you what we got Let's like, go get it from the reverend. Let's, let's go get it from our <laughs> yeah, evidence locker. Yeah, I'm sure Parnell's got plenty of that stuff. Get him, Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So he actually had the gall to ask for that. And he and, was serious, too. He was huh? serious. Wow. And uh, so they, they also would charge him for, uh, you know, pedophilia. And then um, the, he said that he had mild autism, whatever. So he went up for first-degree murder on in, in uh, August 27, 2002. Uh, in the... Uh, He was found guilty on all charges And uh, he was given the death penalty I uh, bet He uh (laughs) Thanks to our governor which we were talking about earlier Gavin Newsom Because this was a California murder He was scheduled for execution uh, I believe this year Really? And he is now a stay of execution Because the governor feels In his mind That it is unjust and is uh, Not uh, kosher Wow. It's not, now no, it's I can. Yeah. Now yeah. I can get it if it was like the electric chair or the,
0: the guillotine mm-hmm. or the hanging and stuff. Okay, that might be a little bit it's like little inhumane.
1: Extreme. But if it's just the lethal, lethal injection, slowly you die in minutes. Yeah. You die. Let's just put it to this way: you die faster than what it took for your victims to die. Yeah. You know, and 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 whenever people go to one of these executions by lethal injection, they always say. Damn, that guy looked peaceful. He died a lot easier than what my victim, my daughter, my son went yeah. through. Yep.
0: because basically all it does is just makes your heart stop. It just
1: makes your heart stop. When they put you to sleep. You, you just know, can't breathe no more, that's can't. it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And they give you so many of the concoctions because I think there's six drugs in the one that it'll knock you out fast. So their whole thing is just put them to death fast. But Governor Newsom put a moratorium to those to where there's no more executions so this piece of trash is still alive. And, um, you know, he's still awaiting his judgment, but he right now he's 58 years old and he's still in, in prison wow. as, as we speak. <clears throat> and that's not the end of the story. Yeah, no way. No way. <laughs> We're already thinking like, oh, that's it. Seriously? <laughs> no, nope. Yeah, seriously. There's more? There's one more bow tie on this. Uh, actually, two more bow ties. Dang, it's a good story. So, you know, the the mother and father, they had to endure the most out of anything because no matter what kind of parents they were, nobody deserves the crap that they went through. They weren't Mm -hmm. the type that molested their kids. They weren't the type that beat their kids. Back then it was kosher to spank your child, you know, and and from all indications, all records publicly and non-publicly, they were compared to great as great parents, strict, Mm -hmm. but good parents. Mm -hmm. Imagine all their life and their later life, the fact that You know the only thing That the father said After all this went down Was I'm Glad Stephen didn't get to see This part of what happened This part of the story This later part you know, cause Stephen died Before Carrie went on his rampage But Think of what they saw Think of what his sister saw Dang You know what I mean Like like of all the things Your family just I mean you go from You have good versus evil You know what I mean You had one kid That was lauded as a hero And the other kid Is just Satan's helper You know what I mean Like Dang. Like and they died in the early two thousands, so they saw all this go down. Now one, now another bow tie. The final part of this story, I'll I'll bring up, which is a sad part as well. Uh, Timothy, the five year old, would grow up, and he would actually be one of the pallbearers at Stephen's funeral. You know, oh dang, yeah, yeah, walking him out. And he grew up, got married, went to college. Became a sheriff Up in Northern California Okay Mm -hmm. And was a Highly respected sheriff Till 2010 He would Die overnight Of a pulmonary Embolism I think I said that right Where basically A random blood clot In your heart valve Stopped his heart And he died Mm. So Yo that's whack Yeah So basically If you think about it Everyone from that Everything that Was involved Yeah The reverend uh, Stephen and Timothy They're all dead Yeah and the parents And the parents The parents are dead yeah The the two daughters are still there But they're in like They stay out of the public Basically Wow Because of what it did to the family And then mm-hmm. everything Just like Because you go from like Everyone feeling sympathy For the family To then knowing who that The older brother is And then everyone's looking down on them Like how could you Raise raise such a monster Is Stephen's kids still alive? Stephen's kids are still alive The wife was remarried um, his kids, I think, are in their 20s. Mostly, see. I don't know if they were in the 80s. Yeah, they're about like, your guys' age, about like 30s. 30s? Yeah, early 30s, early maybe. 30s. Probably yeah. ran into them. Yeah, and then um, the mom is uh, still advocating for victims and things like that. She's carrying on the work. Carrying yeah. on. And then and, and, uh, Timothy, there's a, uh, in front of the police station, I forget which uh, county he was in, uh, they have a memorial to him and his story, and he's lauded as one of the best Sheriff's officers that they had. He was a really good guy. He had a family as well. When he dang. passed, so yeah. That that's the Stainer story, Stainer brother story. You know wow. what? This story right here was the deepest
0: one because yeah. it was the longest one. Yeah. yeah. And it had so many tu- so many twists and turns to it where it was just like, yo, like, dang, man, like. First of all, the Reverend man. Yeah. It, it, posing it, as the reverend. Yeah, supposed cloning as the reverend. Yo, he Somebody got to sniff his stuff, man. <laughs> like like that that's how badly you you feel for someone to do that. Like take a 7-year-old, brainwash him to the point where basically that that's your sex slave. Mm-hmm. A little boy. And then you try to get another one. Yeah. And then you go to jail and you didn't learn your lesson. You get out on good behavior, which you shouldn't have got. And mm-hmm. then you try to do it again.
1: Yeah, like he should have got his stuff snipped. And you think about it too. He went back into jail in 2001. There's a gap there of about let's see, six years after 80, 86. You think he done something? There was a gap of about 15 years. You there think he, No he, doubt, those guys don't stop. Those guys don't stop. It's so, already a force to happen. Yeah. So if he didn't grab a kid to stay with him and kidnap him, he because apparently, as we know, as we know, he, he didn't murder anybody. But there's, I, I would bet my life on it that he touched on other kids. He had child, he was in sort of, there was rumors that he was in a child porn um, ring of guys. Mm. So he was still connected to that. So, I mean, the, again, the police did not do their job, nor can they, because when you think about all the things they have to, to go after, they can't keep tabs on everybody. But someone should have kept a tab on this dude. Seriously. Yeah. And like you said, if they would have castrated him, that would have been perfect. You know, end end his whatever. He can't get his jollies.
0: Yeah. yeah, And it sucked for uh, Carrie, you know, what Mm -hmm. happened to him, you know.
1: Carrie was dealt a bad hand, too. Definitely. But that's still no excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse. There's definitely um, no excuse for
0: what he did. To do that. Yeah. And And then for Steven.
1: Yeah, he just snapped. I mean, he he said in um, some other stuff I didn't get to was he said he had these sexual thoughts and these murderous thoughts since the age of seven. Or do you think that's when he got molested? It could have been. And, and and back then, again, so many kids were getting molested back then. Yeah. And so many kids. It wasn't taught to your children. Hey, watch out for Uncle So-and-so. Or watch out for this guy. Or watch out for that guy. Because I know? never
0: understood, like, how do you get your rocks off touching a little kid, a little boy, a little girl? Like,
1: I, I never understood how. Something has a snap inside their head. Some, something has to go wrong. Yeah, man. Because, like the moment someone figures out the better i think people will be because i don't think i don't think there is a, a answer for that
0: like the no like like because you know how they say you know people are i don't know they say people are born gay mm-hmm. or they say that you know they they know it they mm-hmm. just know it like molesters child molesters mm-hmm. do are they born that way or does something click in their head or were they molested and therefore they say well i was done this
1: let me do it upon others like yeah there i think there is something to that but i don't know the percentage because there are there have been people that are molested and then their biggest thought if if they get those thoughts in their head they're like no i don't want to bring the pain that i had onto someone else yeah and they can actually stop themselves Mm -hmm. others can't like you said maybe he was molested when he was a child and that's all he knew because I can tell you from one of our other shows we talked about when you're in a, you're a, you know, semi-adult or whenever you have your first sexual experience, usually that's something you repeat. repeat yeah. That's Even true. though it you may not be like. Can't you, get enough of that. Yeah. yeah. Because it, that becomes something that you like. So maybe something that is, you know, it's wrong, but someone does it to you. You can't fight the urge yeah. not to keep, to repeat it. Yeah. It's like, well, drugs, you get that first high off,
0: let's say Coke, mm-hmm. you know, and. That's the first. That's the thing you want to keep doing. You want to get to like
1: you rather. Okay, weed is cool, but give me some coke. You know, you, you that is a good point. That is a good point. I, I think we are creatures of habit, and no matter how bad or how good the habit is, and we just tend to stick with it. And maybe this is part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, that was a de- very deep story. Very. You know, a lot of tragedies for well one in particular, but. Mm-hmm. A lot of tragedy that could uh,
1: was prevented by the hero Steven. I but mean, but yeah, I, a tragic end. And yeah. I encourage you guys to look up, or, or if you guys are listening, to look up um, Steven Stainer's story, man. Or even watch. You can, if you have a Fire Stick or whatever, you can Google the movie, the made for TV movie. The made for TV movie is for an 80s movie. Is kind of cringeworthy, really, because yeah, because they don't they don't dance around what happened to them. Mm. They let's put just, they do every, they get everything just, in there. Let's just put it to you this way. I remember that movie without having to watch it now for this research because of one part in particular in that movie that got me scared to death as a kid because they actually show the dude Parnell taking him into the room. The other guy sitting on the couch, kind of just like listening in or watching TV at the same time, and you could hear him say, "No, no, no!" Like, like just his like, like, like whimpers and his and his like, his scared, and you could hear it in his voice. I remembered that to this day before I even did this the story day. because that part. Back then, they didn't show stuff like that on television. It freaked you out. Yeah, it freaked me out. And that was on ABC7. That wasn't like a freaking, like, oh, TBS or it's a deep dive on HBO or on Sundance. Or the Lifetime Lifetime, Lifetime movies. Yeah. This was an ABC made-for-TV movie primetime type deal. That scared the crap out of me. Wow.
0: And then the girls, too, that got killed, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: They, they did sn- They were snuffed out. That poor family in Argentina, foreign exchange student, the poor father in Arizona, he lost his wife and his daughter. I mean, there's just... I mean, look, all uh, these cases, there's going to be, hey, there's no winners. Yeah. There's really, there's really no, no... There's No winners. There's no winner whatsoever.
0: I mean, the Steven part was good to, for him to save the yep. little boy, but at the end of the day... He met a tragic it, end. It,
1: he also had some head trauma. Didn't you mention he yeah. almost wanted to commit suicide? Yeah, like yeah. It, it, didn't, it, it had he, had he didn't problems. have a normal life. Yeah. He tried to have one because if you yeah. look at his pictures, you know, his wife was beautiful. It's two two little blonde kids. I mean he, he tried to move on, but he had his inner demons with his smoking. Mm-hmm. He had his inner demons with the drinking. Um, he could, just couldn't shake things. And then and then you think, okay, maybe there's one bright spot. Timothy moves on, becomes a sheriff, ha- starts a family well-respected in the community. And you're thinking he's going to move on and live his life and, and, and be the one thing you could pull from mm-hmm. this. And he dies. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is.
0: Wow.
1: Sorry to bring you guys down. Uh, yeah, that was, this, like, was, uh, this was deep.
0: This was deep. I <laughs> it was ain't going to lie. Deep. This was deep. Yeah, know, yeah. So... Well is that the end of the story, Todd? That's it. <laughs> no more no one more bow
1: tie? No, 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 no more, more bow, ties? bow ties. No bow ties I'm done with them. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> that was the longest story we've done. That was actually <laughs> no, that was actually pretty good. That was pretty good, man. I got
1: mm-hmm. me man. Man. You, you.
0: Renee? That was very good. That was good, but
1: any final thoughts, guys?
0: Like you said, there was no winners in this one. No winners. So this one really sucks. You you kinda want to feel happy for somebody, but you know, really couldn't You couldn't really I guess Steven You know but At the end He still he had tried. his demons He you know? tried but couldn't yeah. get away We couldn't shake it Maybe his wife You know Maybe She's still holding on To
1: the, the, the Good point Yeah Good so. point That's probably the only thing You could pull out of this one Yeah
0: Well Ladies and gentlemen That's been another episode Of the Grinding True Crime Podcast With your Narrator
1: Todd Fox And
0: <laughs> your host Matty Matt Along with Big Renee. So if you guys like what you hear today, you can uh, follow us on our grind, on, I'm sorry, on our podcast, on our Podbeam page. Just look us up on the True Crime, Grinding True Crime Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify as well. Look us up on our website, www.thegrindspodcast.com to look for some uh, materials as well on there. So for next time. This is the Grinding True Crime Podcast with Matty Matt signing off. Todd Fox and And Big Renee. Have a good one, guys.
1: Peace.